0: Welcome to EU Code Week podcasts, we bring coding, computational thinking, robotics and innovation closer to you, your community
1: and your school. Hello everyone and welcome to a new Code Week podcast episode. We are your hosts, Eugenia Kasarieva and Arjana Vlasik.
2: As part of the EU Code team, we design and develop educational materials and resources to support digital adaptation of education in Europe and other parts of the world.
1: The EU Code community is passionate about bringing innovation at the forefront of education. That's why the topics of discussion for this episode will touch on how we can bring innovative yet meaningful pedagogy to our classrooms, including learning from home as well as artificial intelligence and its applications in teaching and learning. From the reminder of the episode, we're also going to be talking about AI, Uh, artificial intelligence referred as AI, so just a little clarification there.
2: And to discuss these topics, we have with us Wayne Holmes, a learning sciences and innovation researcher who teaches at University College London.
1: Wayne, welcome. It's very nice to have you here. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a bit what's your background and what you're currently working in.
0: Hello um yeah thank you very much for the kind invitation to be with you um on this podcast i've been involved in education my whole life really and for many years in um, education and technology but for the past 10 years i've been looking at the connections between um artificial intelligence and education but i'm i'm not a computer scientist um i'm interested in what I talk about is the human dimensions of AI and what does that mean for us as people, as students, as teachers um, and what impact does that have on all our lives? Um, so apart from, as mentioned, teaching at UCL in London, I also do consultant research work for UNESCO and also I'm part of the International Research Centre um, on AI and again working there on the education area.
1: Thank you, Wayne. That was a very good introduction. Also, I think that you touch upon some topics that we will love to discuss further in this episode. Um, one thing that I note, you mentioned that you're not a computer scientist and yet you're also an educator. And I think this is the profile very similar to many of our listeners who are teachers yet not computer scientists themselves. And so I think my my very first question with which I want to start this uh this interview is what's then the role of computer science at the schools and for our listeners who as I said are teachers yet not computer scientists, do they have a role in how in teaching computer science at schools or should we even be talking about computer science in the schools? Should we leave it for later? What's what's your point of view on this?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting question. In the UK, I go back a few years and the teaching was all about how do we use Microsoft products? which wasn't really computer science. It didn't really help a great deal. But then it was shifted completely to be entirely computer science. And as a consequence, a lot of young people just dropped out and and not involved in that at all. So I think we're, we're in a position where it's not quite clear, you know, what should be taught and how it should be taught needs to be worked out far, far better than it is at the present time. Is computer science itself specifically important? Well, I think what's important is the impact of technology broadly on our lives. So I think it is important that they're taught as part of a bigger package, if you like. And as for the role of computer science teachers and other teachers, I think we're all important in this story because the teaching about computer science, we need the speciality, the expertise of the computer scientists without question. But Contemporary technologies, particularly AI, it's not this independent thing out there. It's not just about how do we write good code, but it's about what's the impact of what we put together on people? What are the ambitions? Where are the ethics? All those kinds of questions. And I think a lot of teachers who are not involved in the computer sciences can bring a lot to that that debate. And I think that's really important. And to give you one example, artificial intelligence tools are out there that can generate poems, that can generate paintings, that can generate stories. Now, who is the person who should be talking about these tools? I think those who teach literature, those who teach painting, should be engaging with these tools. Not to say these tools are fantastic and they do the job that we need. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But to raise them as issues. To think about, well, look, here is a way in which an amazing technology is being used to do something. What does that mean for us as humans? If a computer can paint a picture, what does that mean to be human? There aren't any answers, but those kind of debates are really, really important. And if we just focus on the technologies, then I don't think we're digging deep enough into what these new technologies mean to all of us. One of the amazing things about focusing on technology in education is it makes us see education in a different way as well and raises questions that we just assumed the answers to before. Although I'm not saying um, these technologies can do the work of a teacher, they do actually make us think, what is teaching? How does that happen? And what should we focus on? That's one of the interesting and kind of unspoken positives of, of these technologies, is it makes us think very carefully about What are we doing and what should we be doing and what does it mean and what is the impact on us as humans?
1: So what you're saying is that in a way it's encouraging us to rethink the role of education and educators, right?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the pandemic and the shutdown of schools and the teaching online, all of that. You remember there was lots of talk, hey, this is going to change education. And here we are two years later, and it's not really changed education at all in practice. But I think what it has done and the use of the technologies, it has begun to question things. And it's going to be a slow discourse, but I think it's important. It's raising those questions that we tend not to have asked before.
2: Wayne, uh, I absolutely agree. Yes, it's technology is, should not be the most important part in education. It's about pedagogy, not technology. We know that. But you work as a innovation scientist. So what would you say with regard to innovation? What changes are necessary in today's education, in today's classroom, so that teachers can really become the agents of change without necessarily thinking about the technology that they need to have in the classroom?
0: That's a huge question. I think it's a really important question. It's about education in total. What do we mean by education? What is the function of schools? What is the role of teachers? They're huge questions, but I think they're fundamentally important questions that we're not asking enough. now. For a hundred years, for example, we've used examinations. And the reason we've used examinations is a way to measure and accredit learning is because that was all that was really possible. That's the way we've been doing it for 100 years. But does that mean it's the only way we can accredit learning? I I just don't believe that. I believe it's the way we've done it because of the technologies that we've had available. But the world has changed. We have new technologies. So maybe, and I would argue strongly, that exams don't do what they claim to do. They don't assess effectively. They don't assess in depth. They lead to mental health issues. They only take a snap. There are so many reasons that exams are no good. But I still believe in assessment. And I still believe in accreditation of learning. So are there ways in which we can do that? What is the purpose of the learning? Why do we bring these young people together in these buildings we call schools? What is the role of the teacher in the classroom? You know, It could be argued that schools, the way they've been configured for the past hundred years, um, is for two key reasons. One, is to prepare young people to be the workers of tomorrow and two, it's to give parents the opportunity to go out and be the workers of today. Is that really what we want to continue with education or do we see it as an opportunity to help young people gain fundamental skills but then to self-actualise, to develop the best that they personally can be so that they are best able to contribute back to society in ways that benefit all of us. Now, if that's the case, and I think it should be the case, then we need to think about how we structure education and all these other questions, the role of the teacher, how we assess, how we accredit. Hugely interesting questions and and quite big.
2: What kind of changes are necessary? What can teachers do to, to bring change to assessment?
0: One thing that's often said is that Perhaps that's something that artificial intelligence can do for us. So our students submit their assignments. We put the assignments into an AI tool and we get the answer. That's just not true, right? It doesn't work. There is simply no AI tool today that is capable of doing the kind of level of engagement, assessment, thought, understanding that you as a teacher, our listeners as teachers, me as a teacher can do. Now, I I teach in university. I have many assignments, you know, 5,000 word assignments I have to mark. I would love to have an AI tool that would do that for me to take it off my shoulder. Be fantastic, but it doesn't exist. And as far as I'm aware, it's not going to exist for a long time yet. The the other problem with that is I don't know how you feel, but when I mark my students assignments, it's one of the times I learn most about the individual students, which, again, if I wasn't doing it, if it was just giving me some information in a dashboard, I'd lose all of that. So it undermines my um, opportunities as a teacher to understand what my students are doing. I think also it undermines teachers and what teachers can do. Now, we all know one or two teachers who are not that strong, but the vast majority of teachers are fantastic and they work so hard and they're engaged in working with the young people. They're there because they wish to help the young people develop. So why can't we have um, tools that enable the teachers to do the assessment. You know, how can we use these technologies to empower teachers to do assessments in a way that doesn't add work to their shoulders, but still takes advantage of their skills, the skills of the teacher that that other people don't have, but teachers do have because of their experiences. One example, and I'm not suggesting this is the correct, the only way of doing it. I'm not even suggesting this would work but it's the kind of thing that I think should be researched. Um, a school I worked in, the teachers all had iPads, and on the iPad was a screen. At the top of the screen was a particular competency that they were assessing, and then across the screen were icons for each of the children in the class. And when the teacher had set the students a little bit of work so they were concentrating on their work, the teacher would just look around the class and identify, well, that student is green. They've got the competency. That one's red, that one's amber, that one's green, that one's red. Bang, 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 bang. And they could do that very, very quickly. Doing it, they're using their skills, their tacit knowledge of being a teacher, of knowing those young people, of knowing the curriculum inside out. Having said that, that one quick assessment is useless on its own. But if every teacher was doing that every day across the school, then slowly but surely across the year, the academic year, You're going to build a really nuanced picture of each individual student, which will tell you very, very clearly which students have achieved which competencies and which students need further support. It doesn't do the job for teachers. It helps teachers to do their job more easily. And I think that's a fundamental difference.
1: That kind of answers a question that I just had. Like you mentioned, there's no such AI tool. And then I was going to ask, but should there be? And then that kind of answered my question. So I get that there should maybe not be such an AI tool, right?
0: If you look at the AI tools that are available for use in classrooms, the vast majority attempt to do the job of a teacher. If they're not trying to do that, then the question is, why, why would people spend money on them? Because the idea is to save money, right? You get the tech to do what the teacher so we save money by getting the tech to do it. But nobody at the moment is really investigating tools that could really support the teacher to do what they wish to do. And I say there's none. There is one category of tools that out there that are very interesting. But they're still very early days and they still need a lot of work. And these are the tools that curate resources. So if a teacher says, well, today I wish to talk about um, Charles Darwin and the Beagle, then they can put it into this tool and it will generate immediately a list of resources that the teacher can then use. But it's not doing the job of the teacher. It's helping the teacher do their job.
1: So we're talking now a bit about school changes and changes at schools and their goal. And so you mentioned also briefly before a very good example, which is COVID and the subsequent lockdowns and schools having to close and schools having to switch to remote education and how these may or may not actually have change the way in which we educate. You've written before and you mentioned that to some degree, um, well, some students have thrived actually in some aspects thanks to this remote learning. And so you mentioned that schools would maintain a flexible learning options for students, for those students to whom the lockdown has helped. How do you ambition or how do you think we can put this into practice?
0: I think we need to focus on the pedagogy. We need to focus on what we're trying to teach and how we're trying to teach it and take advantage of what the technologies can provide, particularly the distance technologies. But for a lot of people, a lot of teachers who were, you know, really overworked and in very difficult circumstances, teaching became sharing PDFs and Zoom meetings. You know, that was really important at the time because there was nothing else. It was better than nothing, but it's actually not very good. Using the technology as an addition to good quality Pedagogy is the way forward. But getting that balance between using human to human teaching and learning, supplemented where appropriate with technology supported learning, can be very powerful. It's not about using the technology to substitute for the face to face teaching, but using it to add to it in certain circumstances. Then it can be very, very good. So it's this techno solutionist approach where you think, hey, we get the right technology, we can solve the problem. It's just you know, time and time again, proven not to be the case. And what we need is to think: well, what's the human solution to this problem, and how can technology support that?
2: Let's now focus on the subject you have been researching: artificial intelligence. Considering the fact that AI is everywhere, what about schools? How is that reflected in schools? What are your experiences?
0: I think these technologies are not making a big impact on schools yet. There are some tools that are quite powerful for use in the background, so. One example is for timetabling. Well, there are AI-driven tools that help that process to develop those timetables, and they can be very, very useful. The second area, tools to support students. As I've mentioned, there are many, many of these. But for me, they're mostly about automating poor pedagogic practices, and they're not doing a great deal of interest. But they're very, if you'll excuse me, they're quite sexy. And so lots of money is going into those tools. And a lot of policymakers around the world are getting very excited by them. But those are the tools that by default um, replace teacher functions. The third area is that the tools to support teachers, and there are very, very few of those um, apart from ones that curate resources. But I think the other part of schools, it, it's about the teaching about AI, both on the one hand, the technology. How does it work? How do we create it? But also, on the other hand, the human dimension, what does it mean to people? How will it impact on our lives in the future going forward? You know, schools are in that position where they're having to assess the tools that are being put under their noses. And it's very difficult to dig beneath the marketing the exaggerations the myths it's very difficult to dig beneath that to work out which tools are really going to help in my classroom but the other aspect is the role of of schools and teachers to prepare young people for the world in which we live and that is on the one hand how do we create these tools but on the other hand what does it mean for us what are the ethical questions What's the potential impact on jobs in the future? It's about balancing those different things. You know, there are good stuff here that these tools can use. So how can we use them to support learning?
1: To dig a little deep deeper on this, Wayne, so you mentioned that there's a few myths still that we have about AI and a few risks that come with it. What advice do you have for teachers to, to tackle those questions, those myths in the classroom? How do you, would you advise our listeners, most of whom are teachers, to bring AI to the classroom and, and how, how do you think they can tackle these, these questions that they may have about ethics
0: it's challenging but i think teachers are brilliant at pulling things together like this so for example ai for facial recognition if it is a face like mine a white male face the tools are you know 100 accurate if you happen to be a black man then the tools are not that accurate if you're a white woman the tools are even less accurate if you happen to be a black woman forget it the tools are so bad on the one hand That's a technical question, isn't it? Well, it's just they don't have the expertise yet. Give them time, another few years, and they'll be as accurate with black women as they are with white men. And that's important because equity is important. However, once we're using these tools... Are we using them properly? Should we be using them? In what circumstances should we be using them? So I think that kind of thing could make a powerful lesson for students to engage in. So they could use tools that are available online um, to do face recognition, to think about it and to see, well, how accurate is it? Who, Which of us does it work with? Which of us doesn't work with? What are the implications of that? How does that mean that our world is changing? And, and do we agree with the way the world is changing? So I think experiencing the technologies and talking around them technologies and what they can and can't do could be a really interesting way for teachers to introduce those kind of questions into their classrooms. I'm interested in teachers giving the students the opportunity to explore both the positive but also the negatives and to come to um, their own ideas. Um, And to bring their own experiences, because we must always remember that the young people have a huge range of experience that they can bring. You know, some of them might have phones that do face recognition to switch on. How can we fool it? If we can fool it, is it a good thing? You know, so there are so many questions that could follow from that that I think would be really important in a classroom.
1: Indeed, to make classrooms a bit a spaces for reflection and discussion, not just places where you just passively take on knowledge. And just to follow up very concretely on a couple of things you mentioned and a recommendation for our audience, there's a very small explicative video of uh, facial recognition bias by, by the MIT lab that's called the Gender Sates Project, I think it's called. So very much recommended to our listeners. And and as well, another resource that I would invite our, our listeners to check in, in the Code website, it's uh, one of the learning bits on artificial intelligence, one of which will guide you um, on how to use the Google Teachable Machine, which is just an AI tool that helps you recognize or that would allow you to uh, differentiate between objects as presented in front of the camera. So very much recommended to our listeners that they check out these, um, these resources. And, and thank you, also for pointing these very important aspects out. It's not what technology can do it's about
2: raising awareness that uh, very important and that what we teachers who are not computer scientists can do in in our classes no matter what uh, subject we teach
0: i think that is really important and i think it's quite difficult when we hear so much excitement about ai and we think ai is so powerful and amazing now the reality is that ai can be powerful and amazing in lots of circumstances But here's a couple of ways in which it's not, that people are not aware of. Firstly, um, when the COVID pandemic started, everybody was saying, well, this is an amazing time for AI to help detect COVID, to develop vaccines for COVID. Um, There are various reports that have been published in the past year that have pointed out that AI did virtually nothing useful. What worked were humans doing the work they were doing. And they use tools, of course they do. But the point was, it wasn't an AI system that did this at all. So there are these things that look really impressive, but actually are not that impressive at all. And there's those kind of issues that we need to be brought to the front. We want teachers to be aware of.
1: Indeed, as we're saying, to invite actually the students to bring in their own opinions, to interact with the material, as you were explaining before, right?
0: And just on on, um, the tool I just mentioned, GPT-3, as I say, it can generate poems. Um, I think it would be a really interesting class when you present side by side. Here's poem A, here's poem B. One of them was written by a human. One of them was written by a computer, by an AI system. What does this tell us? What does this mean? I think that could make for really fascinating debates. And it's those kind of things that we need for the future of education, in my opinion.
1: Um, So you said in one of your lectures that education should be more about transmitting knowledge, but also about teaching pupils how to be social beings. And this is something that we've discussed at large, I think, during this um, interview and during this discussion today. So my question is, how can this be applied as well to programming, to computer science in in general when we're teaching that?
0: I think if we see coding as assembling lines of code to tackle a technical problem, then we're not addressing it. Every coding problem should really start with the question, why? Why are we doing this? What is the benefit that this coding project should bring to society more broadly? And what are the potential negatives of this? So I think that's really important. And this interweaving, if you like, the technical and human questions while a project is ongoing. Because creating programs, doing coding, isn't just a technical exercise. It's more important than that. It needs computer scientists for that question, but it also needs people who are interested in literature in philosophy, in the humanities, in the arts. We all need to come together to think about this. So it's not just technically does this piece of code work, but what is the purpose of this piece of code? What is the impact of this piece of code on the way we live our lives?
2: There are so many wonderful tools out there, but what we need to focus on is not technology but pedagogy. And we want the tools that support teachers and students to support the teacher, to empower the teacher, and to enhance the teaching and the learning process. Also, I would say at the end that you pointed out how important it is to raise awareness and to Encouraged our listeners to talk about artificial intelligence and technology in general and what they, teachers and students, can do with
1: it. And so to add to that, Jana. I would just like to remind our listeners that in Code Week, you'll find many different resources that will help you actually deep deeper into these topics that we've talked today, especially AI. We recently developed two learning bits on the topic that you listeners can find in our uh, website that are also translated. We also develop a course on this topic. And so we invite our listeners to check those uh, resources. And so Wayne, it's been a pleasure to have you here for this Code Week podcast episode. And thank you very much for your insights on AI, but as well on the world or in the world of education after covid so it's really been great to have this conversation with you uh, if you would like to add anything now here's the moment
0: um well just to say thank you very much for inviting me i've really enjoyed it and um i wish teachers lots of luck in their their use of these technologies in the future and let's keep it human
1: Let's keep it human indeed. So listeners, we hope you have enjoyed this episode that are now more knowledgeable on the changes and innovations in the future of education and in AI in particular. As I mentioned before, at codwick.eu, you'll find training, resources, and materials that you need to get ahead of the game of digital transformation. And don't forget that many of these are actually translated into 29 languages. So very much recommended that you head to our website and check it out. And tune in for the
2: next Week podcast where we'll discuss new topics about coding, programming, and everything else related to computer sciences. Goodbye. Goodbye.